Chapter Seven of Smith Journalist by P. G. Wodehouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Psuke Berea. Chapter Seven, Visitors at the Office. On the following morning, Mike had to leave with the team for Philadelphia. Smith came down to the ferry to see him off, and hung about moodily until the time of departure. "'It is saddening me to a great extent, Comrade Jackson,' he said, "'this perpetual parting of the ways. "'When I think of the happy moments we have spent hand in hand across the seas, "'it fills me with a certain melancholy to have you flitting off in this manner without me. "'Yet there is another side to the picture. "'To me there is something singularly impressive in our unhesitating reply to the calls of duty.' Your duty summons you to Philadelphia to knock the cover off the local bowling. Mine retains me here to play my part in the great work of making New York sit up. By the time you return, with a century or two I trust in your bag, the good work should, I fancy, be getting something of a move on. I will complete the arrangements with regard to the flat. After leaving Pleasant Street, they had found Fourth Avenue by a devious route, and had opened negotiations for a large flat near Thirtieth Street. It was immediately above a saloon, which was something of a drawback, but the landlord had assured them that the voices of the revellers did not penetrate to it. When the ferryboat had borne Mike off across the river, Smith turned to stroll to the office of Cozy Moments. The day was fine, and on the whole, despite Mike's desertion, he felt pleased with life. Smith's was a nature which required a certain amount of stimulus in the way of gentle excitement, and it seemed to him that the conduct of the remodeled cosy moments might supply this. He liked Billy Windsor, and looked forward to a not unenjoyable time till Mike should return. The offices of cosy moments were in a large building in the street off Madison Avenue. They consisted of a sort of outer lair, where Pugsy Malone spent his time reading tales of life in the prairies and heading off undesirable visitors a small room which would have belonged to a stenographer if Cozy Moments had possessed one, and a larger room beyond, which was the editorial sanctum. As Smith passed through the front door, Pugsy Malone rose. "'Say,' said Master Maloney. "'Say on, Comrade Maloney,' said Smith. "'Dare in dare.' "'Who, precisely?' "'A whole bunch of them.' Smith inspected Master Maloney through his eyeglass. "'Can you give me any particulars?' he asked patiently. "'You are well-meaning but vague, Comrade Maloney. "'Who are in there?' "'The whole bunch of them. "'There's Mr. Asher and the Reverend Philpotts "'and a gazebo that calls himself Waterman "'and about sixteen more of them.' "'A faint smile appeared on Smith's face. "'And is Comrade Windsor in there, too, in the middle of them?' "'Nope. Mr. Windsor's out to lunch.' "'Comrade Windsor knows his business. "'Why did you let them in?' "'Sure, they just butted in,' said Master Maloney, complainingly. "'I was sitting here reading me book when the voice of the guys blew in. "'Boy,' says he, "'is the editor in?' "'Nope,' I says. "'I'll go in and wait,' says he. "'Nothing doing,' says I. "'Nick's on to go in and act. "'I might as well see me breath. "'Any butts, and he's in there now. "'When in about three minutes along comes another gazebo. "'Boy,' says he, "'is the editor in?' "'Nope,' I says. "'I'll wait,' he says, lighting out for the door. "'With that, I sees the proposition's too fierce for me. "'I can't keep these big husky guys out if they's for button in. "'So when the rest of the bunch comes along, "'I don't try and give them the rundown. "'I says, well, gents,' I says, "'it's up to yous. "'The editor ain't in, "'but if you wants to join the giddy throng, "'push through to enter the inner room. "'I can't be bothered.' 
"'And what more could you have said?' agreed Smith approvingly. "'Tell me, Comrade Maloney, what was the general average aspect of these determined spirits?' "'Huh?' "'Did they seem to you to be gay, light-hearted? "'Did they carol snatches of song as they went? "'Or did they appear to be looking for someone with a hatchet?' "'They was hoppin' mad, a whole bunch of them. "'As I suspected. "'But we must not repine, Comrade Maloney. "'These trifling contretemps are the penalties we pay for our high journalistic aims. "'I will interview these merchants. "'I fancy with the aid of the diplomatic smile and the honeyed word "'I may manage to pull through.' It is as well, perhaps, that Comrade Windsor is out. The situation calls for the handling of a man with a delicate culture and nice tact. Comrade Windsor would probably have endeavoured to clear the room with a chair. If he should arrive during the séance, Comrade Maloney, be so good as to inform him of the state of affairs, and tell him not to come in. Give him my compliments, and tell him to go out and watch the snowdrops growing in Madison Square Garden. Sure, said Master Maloney. Then Smith, having smoothed the nap of his hat and flicked a speck of dust from his coat-sleeve, walked to the door of the inner room and went in. End of chapter 7 of Smith Journalist by P. G. Wodehouse